the Bandroom Podcast is proudly supported by Kaleidoscope Adventures. Kaleidoscope Adventures is a full-service student trip planner with more than 26 years of inspiring student travel. Dylan and I have had positive experiences on school music trips, so we both know how much these meaningful opportunities contribute to students' musical development and create lasting memories. Kaleidoscope Adventures specializes in organizing unique trips to over 40 student-friendly destinations. If you're planning a student trip, you can count on the Kaleidoscope Adventures professionals to collaborate with you to organize the perfect education or performance tour. When you're ready to plan your next adventure, visit KaleidoscopeAdventures.com. That's KaleidoscopeAdventures.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Bandroom Podcast. My name is Dylan Maddox. And I'm Kate Nishimura. And here we are for another exciting Bandroom Podcast. Um, I'm just going to jump right into it. Or maybe I should ask Kate, Kate, how are you? <laughs> oh, I'm fine. How are you? I'm pretty good. You know, okay. uh, it's been a very strange week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure many people listening, no matter where you are, if in Canada or the United States or really any other country, um, you've all been dealing with the uh, COVID mm-hmm. <laughs> and specifically the more contagious uh, Omicron um, variant. Um, so it's been, you know, rehearsals this week have been interesting with a lot of people missing. And yeah, um, I was... <laughs> yesterday the stand-in for the stand-in which is not (laughs) a good thing um, for the asu women's basketball game against colorado state um which we won works up go sun devils um but i was not quite (laughs) ready for that (laughs) what an experience uh, but yeah it was a ride and you know i think us as musicians kind of beat ourselves up, but I don't really think anyone else noticed things. Yeah. And I hope that James G. Hudson doesn't listen to this. Cause, uh, <laughs> but uh, HUD, it was fine. Okay. But it was uh, fine. I, uh, I need to learn more sports rules. Who yeah. would have thought, you know, you had to do marching band earlier in this, mm-hmm. this season too. Just all this sports stuff coming well, into it's your very, life. It's so <laughs> different because everything's it's like really a production here yeah. where I don't think it was when I was in undergrad leading the Mount Allison pep band. It was very different yeah. here. Yeah. Ha- we have to wear the headset and there's a game producer who's telling you not only you, but telling everyone like, okay, you got to go on the court now to the, the mascot. We need to <laughs> Sparky needs to be on the court now. Okay. Hand out those cupcakes now. Okay. And then three, two, one, and we're going to have band and go band. I'm like, oh, yeah, blah, blah. so yeah. it's been an experience. And uh, for those of you that are Americans and this is a normal thing, I'm, I'll get used to it. I'll get used to it. But anyway, <laughs> but that, I, 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 uh, I digress. Um, <laughs> today, we had the great opportunity to speak with Dr. Fraser Linklater, who is the past dir- director of bands. <laughs> I'm all stuck in American mode here, who, who <laughs> taught at the University of Manitoba, where he led the wind ensemble and taught various other courses in music education. And it was great to talk to him and get to know him a little bit more, but just to hear about his path and how it 
as usual, I know this is no surprise to if you listen to the podcast. It, guess what? It wasn't a straight line to the University <laughs> of Manitoba, and even more so than I than I envisioned. So it, that was a great thing to talk about. One thing that I want to just put in this intro so that you will continue to listen. Finally, for the first time in history, I got Phaser to talk about in Canada. If you're adjudicating or if you've heard this, there's a famous adjudication tape in which he is adjudicating a, a band that um, sounds interesting. And so it's <laughs> it's a very a funny thing to listen to. But we talked about he actually talked about it, its origins, how it how it kind of like got out <laughs> into the general public and also just kind of the how he responded as an adjudicator and how that was a wonderful thing. And I think a, a, a wonderful teaching tool for people who do hear it, who have the chance. But anyway, so that was fun. But it was a lot of fun to talk to him. Yeah. And I, uh, I had heard kind of rumors of this story. <laughs> I've heard, you know, through the grapevine, um, but it was, it was really fun to hear it directly from the source uh, mm -hmm. to hear about all of that. And there's always a lesson to be learned, even in these like really Absolutely. strange and, after the fact, hilarious kinds of experiences, right? So it was, uh, it was great. Yeah. And it's, it's this weird thing that kind of got out like to certain like wind conductors around the country and yeah, not everyone has access to it. But anyway, I, I was wondering like, oh, should we post it? Like, <laughs> could we post it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It was cool that he passed. was open to, to sharing all of it with us. <laughs> and yeah. now with you. Yeah, and now yeah, it's great. And yeah. even beyond that, uh, we also talked about various in in his retirement, the various resources that he's providing through the Manitoba Band Association, and and all the great things that he did at the uh, University of Manitoba, um, not only as um, a conductor and music educator, but also as a a person who put a lot of uh, really fine transcriptions out into the world that some of you may have played before and uh, now composing, which is really uh, a great thing. But before you hear that conversation, would you consider doing us a favor? And what would that be, Kate? Well, fine listeners, uh, if you could uh, take the time to make sure that you've subscribed to the Band Room Podcast on whatever listening platform it is that you use. Uh, make sure that you've followed us and, you know, given us a like and all, all of that stuff on social media. It really does help us branch out and find new people to connect with. You can leave a rating and a review of the podcast on Apple Podcasts and now on Spotify as well. You can leave us a rating. Uh, if you have something to say, you can leave a comment about the episode on our website, bandroompod.com, or send us, you know, emails, messages, however it is that you prefer to stay in touch, uh, and just let us know what you think. And um, it, it all really does help with the work that we're doing. So thank you so much to everybody who's already taken the time to do that. And one last way that you can give us some support, huh? Dylan's really? going to tell us about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is another way. It is Patreon. You can become a supporter of the Bandroom Podcast through Patreon and become a patron of the podcast, uh, which will give you access to various bonus episodes. And today's bonus episode uh, was uh, actually very much educational. And, and I think that if you listen to this one, you will become a better person, a better music educator. <laughs> Usually it's very funny. And there was some funny stuff. But uh, just a, re a lot of really great advice um, mm -hmm. from a master teacher. So that was great. For the s second week in a row, 
I get to do a shout out for a new patron, which is very exciting. And this is a person that I actually met in Chicago and I, I didn't like blackmail him or anything to be a patron. <laughs> uh, but uh, composer uh, Harrison J. Collins, thank you so much for becoming a uh, patron of the podcast. Um, I can't remember the tier. I should remember. I think it's like band geek or something, but thank you for <laughs> your support and thank you for your very fine compositions. If you're listening and, and don't know of his music, please go check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, uh, he has a website which you can check out. And also we talked, um, a couple of weeks ago to uh, Kataj Copley, the Millennium Composer Initiative, um, where he's also listed there, as well as many other great composers. So please go let, check that out. Thank you, Harrison. I hope you enjoy the extra bonus content. Learn more about that by visiting patreon.com slash bandroompod. That's patreon.com slash bandroompod for more. But without further ado, here's our conversation with Dr. Fraser Linklater. Here we are for another very exciting episode of the Bandroom Podcast, and today our guest is Dr. Fraser Linklater from Manitoba, who's a fantastic conductor, educator, and also composer, arranger, a man of many hats. So welcome to the Bandroom, Fraser. Thanks for having uh, having me here, uh, uh, Kate and uh, Dylan. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're really looking forward to chatting with you today, and we'll start where we always start, uh, which is where, why, and how did your musical journey begin? Okay, well, where is easy. I, I, I grew up in Winnipeg. Uh, i am uh, always uh, enjoyed the, the center of the continent, and uh, I, want, I wanted to do... Uh, Piano as a kid, uh, my mother didn't want to let me start piano too early because she said that her mother used to sit beside her on the piano bench with a strap. Oh no! To get her to practice, <laughs> and she wasn't going to do that with me. Uh, but I, uh, I, uh, I was able to start piano. I think when I was about ten, and then I started a school band at at, uh, at grade eight, playing the trumpet because yes. I have I have <laughs> asthma. And my mother thought that that would be good for my chest. Hmm. Needed a lot of air, she thought. So that, that's uh, what we did there. I went through high school and I kind of got increasingly involved in music, started taking a few lessons, played in some community groups. And uh, when I was partway through grade 12, I was thinking of, of being an engineer because my father is an engineer. Mm-hmm. But then uh, I thought, well, you know, I've enjoyed music. Maybe I could give that a try. And if it doesn't work out, I can always go back to engineering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I went to uh, Brandon University for my undergraduate music. And it was a very nice little place and had a lot of nice things to offer. I took trumpet lessons uh, uh, there starting in my only in my third year. They had other people in the first two years. But my third year, I got connected with a guy named Alan Ennis, Mm -hmm. who was uh, very helpful to me. Uh, You might know the violinist Jimmy Ennis, James (laughs) Ennis, Mm -hmm. Canadian violinist. This is his father. Anyway. Yeah. And uh, Alan was was helpful to me. 
uh, and uh, because he was coming out of out of uh, near Chicago and had studied with Vince Chickowitz. And so what he was passing on to me was uh, flow the air from Vince Chickowitz. And uh, that helped a lot. Mm-hmm. After uh, after uh, um, undergraduate, I did, they had a four-year undergraduate program at that point that was an integrated music education. So after four years, uh, I started teaching when I was 21. Uh, and uh, it was... There was no one ever mentioned graduate school. I didn't. I didn't think. I didn't realize that there was such a thing as graduate school when I graduated. That 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 had not been invented yet in Winnipeg, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I, I taught about three years. I had a tough time my first year teaching, as I was teaching a lot of English, as well as some band. Uh, and uh, I, I I was teaching at the one of the places I student taught with. This fellow wanted me, and he said. Fraser, I'm, I'm old, I'm going to retire, you know, in the for, foreseeable future, and all of this program will be yours. Uh, but I was teaching, uh, maybe some of other people have heard that, and I uh, taught a year. I wanted to quit halfway through my first year. It was a struggle, but I hung in there and then taught two more years in a different place, and then I decided to go back to school. I went to North Texas State which was at that time, that was what it was called. Now, of course, it's University of North Texas. Mm -hmm. This is long before Gene Corporon. (laughs) Uh, uh, But I played in the lab bands because I was interested in jazz. And I enjoyed that. Uh, But I did a a master's degree in music education there. And uh, then I went back. uh, I got married to the love of my life. Beautiful. 42 years, still going strong. Wow. And uh, there you go. And uh, I started teaching in a little place called Niverville, which is uh, about, was about 1,500 people at that time, just about a 40-minute, 35-minute commute distance from uh, Winnipeg, and taught there for nine years. And that was a, a grade 7 through 12 program. So that is, uh, I was starting kids, showing them how to open up the instrument case without the instrument falling on the floor <laughs> and uh, and all the way through to grade 12. And uh, we did uh, a little place. There were 300 kids in the school, grades 7 through 12, and I taught about half of them. And uh, we ended up giving, I think, fairly creditable performances of, of uh, Holst First Suite. We did a few movements of Lincolnshire, and uh, so we had fun. Uh, and I'm giving you my whole history here, even though you only asked a specific thing, as you can hear. <laughs> That's okay. I, 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 I decided I had an opportunity to do a sabbatical uh, replacement uh, in 1989-90 at Brandon University. I'd been taking student teachers there for a long time, and, and they knew me and uh, had an opportunity to do a sabbatical replacement. So I did that for a year. And then at that point, I thought, ah, crossroads. I can either go back to my gig teaching public school where I, I was enjoying it, but I felt that I had, was starting to spin my wheels a little. Uh, I'd kind of done what I felt I could do, and, uh, or I could go back to school uh, because I had uh, interviewed for another job after uh, <clears throat> part my, through my uh, sabbatical replacement year in, in uh, 89, 90. 
and uh, it was a music education job. And the uh, the dean of the faculty mm-hmm. where I interviewed said, uh, "Well, actually, uh, your chances of getting a tenure tenure track uh, position in music education without a doctorate," he said, "at this point are pretty much nil." So I thought, okay. Uh, so I, I, I had an opportunity uh, and I took it to uh, uh, go to uh, University of Michigan. Go Blue. <laughs> yeah, if you know that, yeah. Go Blue. And, uh, and, I, and I did a PhD in music education with Jim Frosseth, who was a very helpful man. And I uh, played in the bands for two years under Bob Reynolds. And uh, I did some, uh, also some trumpet study with Armando Gatala, who was there at the time. Yeah, not too shabby. Armando Gatala just re- retired from uh, playing principal in Boston. So that was what I did. And I was a slow, slow learner. I, I was, we were there for four mm-hmm. years. Uh, and, uh, but I did come out with the degree, like finished, no ABD, done. And uh, our kids, uh, our, our oldest daughter started uh, kindergarten in Michigan, and she came out at uh, grade three, or third grade, as they say. <laughs> and uh, our, our son began uh, kindergarten in grade one there. And then we moved to Brandon. And it's always, uh, it's always a bit of a risk, I think, uh, doing uh, graduate studies uh, and uh, maybe also going for a doctorate, uh, Dylan. Maybe this will or will not concern you. I don't know. But but you've 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 burnt your bridges behind you, probably. Mm, some of them, yes. And uh, and uh, depending on where you're at, if you're single, it's a little easier. If you're married, trickier. If you're married with small children, trickier yet, because <laughs> you don't know what you're going to get at the end of it. Yeah. You know. Uh, and uh, so we were. Uh, at one point, uh, Joan and I went to, uh, 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 I remember we drove to, we did a road trip to Pittsburgh. Mm. We drove to, uh, we both had interviews at Duquesne University. Okay. Didn't get them. But, uh, and then Joan had an offer t- to do a gig at Wisconsin Stevens Point. Because uh, my wife is also a very fine musician and educator. And I had an offer to do a sabbatical replacement again at Brandon University. <laughs> And at one point we talked about, well, maybe I could go to Brandon. She could take the kids and go to Wisconsin. Mm. That thinking lasted less than 24 hours. We said, forget that. So we both went to Brandon. <laughs> and so we were back uh, back at uh, Brandon University again in 94, 95. Mm. And, I, and I did a series of three sabbatical replacements, uh, mm. uh, positions there, three years in a row. And that's a little tricky, too, because you never know when that's going to dry up. So mm. I was interviewing all over the place, always in the States, actually. Okay. And uh, even even ended up with an offer of a job in Chicago uh, at Northeastern mm. University, not Northwestern, <laughs> Northeastern University. And I was offered a job, but we talked that over and decided, no, uh, we better stay in Canada. Uh, mm. We have the kids and we want their education to be you know, moving forward, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I ended up after uh, a PhD and three years of university, actually four years of university, going back to teach junior high band. And I did that for two years. And then I had the opportunity to uh, 
I was ca uh, called to ask about um, interviewing and applying for a job at the University of Manitoba, which I did. And uh, very fortunately, I got that job and we moved back to Winnipeg, which is where we are from. And that's my story. Oh, my gosh. And thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for bearing with me. <laughs> there you go. And now, a word from our sponsor. Our friends at the Interprovincial Music Camp will be hosting their first beginning band camp, summer of 2022. Can't read music? No problem. No experience is required. All campers ages 9 to 12 are welcome. Learn from amazing faculty like Jackie Sue and a team of specialists. They'll teach everything from instrument assembly to first notes and bring you to your first performance. You'll also get to benefit from masterclasses with world-renowned faculty to learn more about your instrument. Don't have that instrument? Also, no worries, because instruments will be available courtesy of Long and McWade when you get to your first camp session. Choose from flute, clarinet, alto sax, trumpet, French horn, trombone, euphonium, tuba, or percussion. IMC facilities are second to none with fully equipped cabins, outstanding meals with one of the chefs dedicated to preparing meals for those with specific dietary needs. You'll have a great time learning about music, but also enjoying a true camp experience with traditional activities such as swimming, sailing, water skiing, beach volleyball, and much, much more as well as evening programs for campers each night after the faculty concert. Register today at www.campimc.ca to learn a new instrument, be inspired, have fun, and make memories that will last a lifetime. That was more information than you needed, I realize. No, no, that, that was excellent. Because I and this is what I love about this question in particular, because, you know, as an as an up and coming, you know, a young professional myself, I've always uh, looked up to you uh, and to people like you. And I've always kind of I, I see you as a fully formed being. And it's so interesting <laughs> to hear that, uh, that that path and that trajectory and that it wasn't can be deceiving. Dylan. <laughs> it wasn't just like, hey, what? now I'm at the University of Manitoba. No, like it took a while to get there. It it was not a straightforward path. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I started teaching at the University of Manitoba when I was 45. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, uh, and I taught uh, 17 years at the University of Manitoba. And uh, I think generally we had a good time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and just for, for people who might not know uh, Fraser or the, the University of Manitoba program in Canada, it is one of the highly respected band programs it's just excellent excellent music making um and and, and there's just so many things that we're going to talk about that came from your time at, at uh, u of m and uh but yeah just excellent excellent stuff coming out of uh, manitoba um I, I i i want to acknowledge my wonderful colleague jackie dawson mm -hmm. who was uh, who took over from me i was delighted to see her do that and she continues to uh, to do good things and in spite of covid uh, to uh, to be a wonderful person and a wonderful musician and a wonderful inspiration for her students. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely, and a past bandroom guest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, I know that actually. I saw. I looked at who who's on your <laughs> program before. Yeah. before I before I say yes, I let's just see. Let's just. See. <laughs> um, I do want to go way back, just for maybe a, a, more than a second. Um, but what what was it? 
that that kind of pushed you to go want to study music or was it was it did you know right away that you wanted to study music education did you have dreams of being you know bud herseth oh no uh oh i mean every trumpet player has dreams of being bud herseth that, that, <laughs> that's a no-brainer i actually met him once at ravinia very oh, briefly who's a gaggle of us who went went back uh, uh backstage and said hello and kind of giggled and we're like, <laughs> we're like small school children around Bud Herseth. But, uh, oh yeah. Uh, no, I, I, uh, I enjoyed, uh, music. I enjoyed listening to it, but this was not, not a done deal. I, mm-hmm. I was, uh, I was thinking I, I did well at school. I was, a, I was a good student. Uh, and I could have done, I think a couple of things other than music. I was certainly not Mozart. Uh, and I, uh, but I, I thought, well, this is a, this is a thing that I could try. Uh, secretly, I think my mother wanted to get me out of the house too. Uh, <laughs> she said, go, go away to study. It'll be good for you to get out, you know, go away. And, and, and a Brandon university was not that far away. Mm-hmm. You know, it was out of the house, but not that far away. And, uh, as I said, I, I, I uh, was hedging my bets my first year university. I, I took a calculus course uh, in case I wanted to change my mind and go back into engineering. I thought that could be helpful. But uh, mm-hmm. I got into music, and I, and I really started enjoying it and loving it, and I never looked back. So okay. uh, it was a, a number of things, but it, it certainly wasn't, um, it wasn't like I was born born to be a, a musician or a trumpet player or anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing for, you know, maybe some of the uh, younger people listening to the podcast to, to know that, you know, it, it, you don't need to have it all figured out <laughs> before that. Before yeah. You go. And, and, it, and you, you don't have to be, um, it, it's not like you had to be Mozart or to be uh, Bud Herseth when you were 12 years old to pursue music. There's, mm-hmm. there's a, a music is a big universe and there's a lot of things that you can do. Mm-hmm. I think in music to have fulfillment other than, you know, maybe even other than some things that you thought you were going to be doing when you were 16, 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now jumping way ahead into the future, you mentioned that you you spent 17 years at the University of Manitoba, and um, there's just there's so much good that that you've done within the program. But we're wondering if you could speak about maybe some of your your biggest highlights during your time at U of M, which I realize is a huge question. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it is a huge question. I I, I was um, uh, I was fortunate to be. Um, uh, I was fortunate to be there when when Dale Lawness uh, was the dean of the faculty for a while, and okay. and he was a, a, a very good mentor for me, uh, and he got us going in 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 a certain uh, paths. Uh, most particularly, I think the Canadian Wind Conductors Development Program in the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did Dale and I did that jointly did that for about ten years. Uh, that was a lot of fun, and I got to work with. Uh, Got to see and work with a lot of people uh, who are very respected in the profession. Mm-hmm. Golly, Gary Hill, uh, uh, um, Felix Houseworth, Tim Rennish came out uh, from England. And uh, Tim and Hillary and Joan and I uh, still get together when we can, when we're uh, nice. in, in England. Tim is a friend. Tim and Hillary are friends. <coughs> but um, 
So that was a that was a plus. That was something that Dale instigated. That was a plus that we did. That I think was a good learning experience for a lot of people. I hope it was. Mm-hmm. It was a good learning experience for me anyway. Uh, that was something neat. We did a North Winds recording project. Yeah. That uh, uh, and this uh, this was just at the sort of the just starting to be the twilight years of the CD, but CDs were still very big. Uh, and, uh, you know, I have a lot of vinyl at home if anybody would be interested too. You know, Vinyl's I've coming back. Record. Vinyl is coming back. I've got yeah. anyway, but with the CD, uh, I knew of course of, of for example, Gene Corporon and, and University of North Texas and before that in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I thought, man, uh, that would be, uh, a cool thing for us to do, but I I just don't think I have the horses to to you know do a recording of the Hindemith Symphony for band that people would say wow mm-hmm. you know uh, about uh, what can I do and I thought well we're Canadian we have Canadian music around maybe I could record uh, some Canadian music more at the at the younger levels at the less experienced levels you know grades one two and three. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, uh, you know, like I taught school for about public school for about 14 years before I was at university. <coughs> and I had always taught, uh, I think just about with, without exception, I had always taught beginners right. as well as high school, but I had always worked with. So, I mean, when you're suggesting to, uh, to a colleague or uh, someone say, this is a cool piece, uh, you know, you, you and your students might enjoy this. Mm-hmm. The first thing he or she is going to say is, cool, what's it sound like? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and there were no recordings of any of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and still, I think, even online, you would be pressed hard to find, e- even now, uh, Spotify and et cetera. I don't know that you can find recordings of a lot of this stuff. I went to the Canadian Music Center, uh, and I-, I guess what I was doing was uh, thinking of was, Recording pieces by Canadian composers or arrangers that A, did not necessarily sound like, and I'm making rabbit ears here so you can see, band music. (laughs) I wanted something that sounded a little bit different than Hal Leonard sorts of things, if I could Mm -hmm. find them. (coughs) And um, so Canadian Music Centre had some stuff, and and so we recorded a lot of things. I think we ended up over five discs we ended up recording over five, uh, over uh, eighty pieces, uh, including, um, you know, Malcolm Forsyth mm-hmm. and uh, Betsy Rom and um, uh, you know people who are uh, Stephen Chapman. I mean, people who are uh, uh, John Astacio. People who are um, not necessarily uh, educational music composers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it was, uh, I, I think that was a, that was an, a neat project, by the way, or I'll get back to that, but that's available free. Now yeah. all of that music is available. All those recordings are available free. Um, so that's another thing I did. Uh, uh, we were able to do, we did chamber wins. We did a lot of chamber wins. So I would do my regular uh, wind ensemble concerts, mm-hmm. uh, you know, playing Holston, Hindemith and, and et cetera. But uh, I remembered uh, I went to the Saskatchewan Summer School of the Arts way back in the day. This was when it was a thing. Yeah. 
in that we're talking late 70s. And the reason I went there was because Vincent Chikowitz was going to be there as a guest. And I went there a couple of years. And the second year I went, they invited me to be on the faculty with them, which I was (laughs) surprised no end about. But uh, I played in in the faculty band at this thing. And I also played a couple of uh, 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 chamber group things. I remember playing Stravinsky Octet. Mm-hmm. And, but the thing is, I was playing Stravinsky Octet alongside the principal trumpet of the Calgary Symphony. Uh, there, there was, there were, most of the people were, were players from, from Calgary or Saskatchewan or, or BC mm-hmm. were playing in professional orchestras there. And I thought, wow, this is a kick. This is a hoot. I really like this. (coughs) And I've already been teaching two or three years at this point. But I thought for my students then, I thought if I enjoyed that experience, maybe they would too. So I I had the idea what I would do (coughs) would be to try to organize um, chamber winds concerts and, and get some uh, local professionals, usually uh, players from the Winnipeg Symphony, mm-hmm. to be playing and sitting alongside my students. Probably most of them were, were also uh, their students as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you'd be, you'd be playing uh, those sorts of things. And I thought this will be cool. And we would do this as, as, an, as an addition to. Uh, by that, I would mean I would contact a, a student uh, email a student and say, uh, this is the concert. These are the rehearsals. This is the repertoire. These are the other people you'd be making music with you. No credit. Mm-hmm. Are you interested? Mm-hmm. <coughs> and um, because this is how I did my conducting recital in Michigan, right. the same way. So I, uh, even though I did a PhD in music yet, I had cognates in performance and conducting. Right. So, uh, I did. Uh, that's what I did there, and and almost always kids said yes. Yeah, you know, course. I I'd like to do that. This this sounds cool. Uh, a concert that we did, like a couple of concerts I can remember doing there. Uh, we did a three. I called it a three icons concert. Uh, and we did we did a Gabrielli uh, a Sonata Pianoforte, mm-hmm. and then we did uh, the. Uh, um, it was a bit wrong order. We did Gabriele Sonata Piani Forte. Then we did Stravinsky uh, Symphonies of Wind Instruments, and then we did the Mozart Grand Partita. Okay, wow. So that, but that was that involved people, and that was uh, uh, three. I said three icons, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and then another concert we did with uh, Chamber Winds that I thought was really cool was something called Piano and Winds. Okay. And uh, we did there, we did the Stravinsky Piano Concerto with my wonderful dean at the time, Edmund Daw, as the piano soloist. I love Edmund Daw. Cool. He's yeah, cool. yeah. He's a cool man. And then, uh, oh, and then we had a student soloist uh, because he was the winner of the concerto competition that year. For, and in, the band, in the wind band category, we did a concerto competition. And uh, mm-hmm. I said, hmm, hmm, anyway, I pitched the idea of, of doing uh, exotic birds, Oiseau Exotique of Messiaen. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so he was a soloist. We did that. And then the mm-hmm. third piece was uh, 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 Rhapsody in Blue. Oh, wow. Wow. 
So that was a that was a Chamber Winds concert okay. that I was I was kind of proud of. Yeah. We yeah, we even awesome. we even had we even had the the conductor of the Winnipeg Symphony come out to the audience and sit in on that and watch the concert. And now a word from our sponsor. It seems like almost every episode we talk about the importance of community. Often maybe our guests bring it up to why they became interested in band. Community is a big part of why many of us do what we do. Absolutely, and that's why I love our new partnership with the Canadian Band Association, to share an opportunity for you to be part of a national community of band directors, musicians, and educators. And becoming a member is easy. By joining your provincial band chapter, you automatically become a member of the Canadian Band Association. No matter if you're in British Columbia, Newfoundland and Labrador, or anywhere in between, there is a band association for you. Yes, even my homeland of Prince Edward Island. They started a new one, which is very exciting. Membership benefits include access to the Canadian Winds Journal, monthly e-news, national insurance program, national youth band audition discounts for students, access to national awards and musician certificates. Not to mention all the great events your own provincial chapters will hold. Conducting workshops, community band events, reading sessions, workshops, and more. Support band and music education in Canada through supporting the work being done by your local chapter. To learn more about how you can become a member of the Canadian Band Association, visit canadianband.org chapters to find info on how to connect with your provincial chapter. That's canadianband.org chapters to learn how you can be part of the Canadian Band community. It's, it's cool to hear... It's because I, I, I there are some videos on the YouTube and clearly um, people from the audience that were recording the Chamberwind stuff. Um, oh, oh, and I was oh, oh, and I was wondering I was wondering how it how, how kind of it worked. But to hear hear that format that you worked out to have students playing with, you know, some of their teachers and, and mm -hmm. to have students doing it for the love of doing it is a, a really cool thing to hear. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that sort of, uh, I did those sorts of things when I was at Brandon University before I came to uh, uh, the U of M. I should mention mm -hmm. that uh, I only conducted, I conducted Brandon University uh, Wind Ensemble for two years be, uh, before I came to the U of M. But mm -hmm. then that dried up when I started doing the, uh, the, the uh, junior high public school thing. That stopped. So I'd only, uh, you know, conducting has not been a huge aspect of my of my territory, even though like I used mm -hmm. to go to I learned the conducting skills, whatever I have, uh, in part from Bob Reynolds, uh, but also uh, in part I used to go to Colorado to the uh, CBDNA thing that right. Alan McMurray held. And then I went to a couple of things with Mallory in, in Chicago at Northwestern. But mm -hmm. uh, I kind of slid into conducting by the back door, which is sort of <laughs> the way I slid into uh, composing, really. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I, I'd, uh, I will uh, mention a couple of other things. Uh, I mentioned the new uh, I mentioned uh, the Winnipeg Symphony, uh, mm -hmm. and they started doing a new music festival uh, back in the beginning of the 90s with Bramwell Tovey. 
And it continued, and Dale Lawness became the executive director of the Winnipeg Symphony after he left the U of M and uh, instituted a Winds Night as part of the new music festival. So we were able to kind of wiggle our way into that uh, (laughs) with the the wind ensemble and that. And we did, uh, again, the concept of, of, uh, we did some one-offs. I know I had a wonderfully talented percussion student we did the Stephen Stuckey Percussion Concerto at part of the cool. New Music Festival with Stephen Stuckey there. Okay. Uh, had him awesome. work with the group a little bit, and then we did that. Uh, we also did uh, the, some students from the U of M, along with wind players from the Winnipeg Symphony, did um, uh, Arctic Dreams of yep. Cold Grass. Yep. And we, in, the, in that fashion, we also did uh, the John Carigliano Circus Maximus, oh, wow. which was uh, which was very cool. So, you know, my job was to sort of prepare the students for this mm-hmm. uh, rehearsals beforehand. And then we went in uh, and they sat amongst the students, uh, amongst the professionals. But I just thought, you know, what a great kick for students to sit beside professional musicians making music like this. Yeah. Uh, I rem- I just I remember that back in the day when I did that, and I thought I want to I want to pay this forward. So uh, yeah. Well, it's it's cert- it's it's great to hear about all these these opportunities that you've created for students, and I know hearing you speak about the the benefits of sitting next to a professional. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much that I've learned. Um, getting out of my master's in freelancing as a trumpet player that I've learned just sitting next to some of the finest musicians that would outweigh anything. No offense to any of my teachers who might be listening, anything <laughs> I learned in my degrees. So, Oh yeah. That's all. That's always a hoot. This is how we always learn uh, mm-hmm. is by, uh, 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 you know, if you can sit next to somebody who plays better, but is a nice person <laughs> about it, that's yeah. that's just that's just great. You're just kind of grinning, which is sometimes time. rare in the trumpet world. But the, the, <laughs> we, oh, we do yeah, have I know those how tr- I know how trumpeters <laughs> are. Yes, I know about those jokes. Yes, <laughs> they're true. That's why they're no, but, funny. <laughs> yeah, it it is. It's so great though, just to provide those kind of role model opportunities for you know musicians at all different levels to be surrounded by one another and to learn from one another. So it's, it's really great to hear about all of that. And I wanted to just circle back to the North winds recording project as well. And just mention that we'll make sure to include some links in our episode notes so that people who are listening um, are able to access some of those recordings and check all of this out. Um, Because I, I do really think it's just, you know, it's so important and I can speak, you know, as a composer, having, an archived recording of a work is so important in being able to, you know, expose this work to a broader audience and all of that. And so I think it's really great that yeah. uh, you were able to do that. Well, thank that. you. I, I did yeah. a, a WASB article uh, for their newsletter in the fall and they, uh, uh, Colleen Richardson, who's a, uh-huh. a, a wonderful, a, a very fine colleague, uh, you'll probably know of Colleen, uh, mm-hmm. so f- a former student teacher of mine uh, nice. said, yeah. but no, she uh, uh, she invited me to do something because I think she's taken over as president of WASB. Mm-hmm. And, yes. uh, and and so to that end, she, I, I talked about the in the article, I talked about the North Winds project. But then I also transferred, got all the stuff 
put up on the NBA website and all accessible to anybody. Uh, That's so, fantastic. Yeah, so so that people across the world could access that if they if they wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll definitely make sure to provide those links uh, so that all of our listeners can access all of that. Thank uh, you. And so speaking of that, actually, we we wanted to ask you about the resources that are hosted on the Manitoba Band Association's website, if you could just tell us a little bit about that work that you've done. Well, thank you. I can do. Um, may I uh, preface this with a tribute and a shout out to the Manitoba Band Association, mm-hmm. especially to my dear friend, uh, now passed away, Ken Epp, who was a, a real legend amongst all of us. And I'd like to also acknowledge John Balsilli and now Chelsea Hebert. They are the dire- executive directors mm-hmm. of the Manitoba Band Association and are really um, helping to pull us up by our own bootstraps, especially in the now with COVID happening. This is mm-hmm. a, a challenge for everyone. Um, but uh, I, I had retired. Uh, I retired in 2016. And I had I had done a, a bunch of stuff that I used to create uh, for my own students and uh, things. And I thought somebody may as well use this material. Why don't I offer it to the MBA? And maybe they could put it up on their website and other other teachers and uh, educators could could, you know, maybe benefit from this. So. Uh, I've, I've got a, a number of things up there now. I, I, I should mention that the, the specific resources, the teaching resources things are password protected. Uh, that is uh, the idea behind that is that is that it's available to MBA members, you know, yeah. uh, but other things are open, including the Northwinds uh, recordings, including my transcriptions and, and compositions. But those are all open. But um, uh, so I, I did I used to do corrals, as we often do. Many of us do uh, with mm-hmm. uh, with less than professional ensembles. And you're trying to get people to, you know, uh, listen and, and 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 sort of play with their ears as opposed to with their fingers. So uh, uh, one of the things I did was um, you'd have a corral and I'd have it written out S-A-T-B. But everybody sees all four parts. Mm -hmm. So the tuba player not only sees the bass line, but also the the soprano, the alto, the tenor. So everybody sees everything. They all see. It's like a choir. In a choir, Mm -hmm. the choristers see what the conductor sees. Mm Hello. Hello. What a concept, you know. <laughs> know. Uh, so, so here, but, but with with this, so we could do things. You know, we play and we do our standard mold, trying to mold the sound and balance and listen and shape phrases and all these sorts of things. This would be a little bit of a warm up. Often, then you can do things like say, okay, uh, you have let's say you have one bassoonist in the ensemble. Okay, I want you to listen and tell me which line the bassoon is playing. Everybody plays, and they have to listen and say, oh, the, the bassoonist is playing the alto line, I think, you know? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. listen and tell me what the people on either side of you are playing. And you could, they can pick any line, you see? Anybody yeah. can pick any line. So, you're, mm-hmm. so, so you're, you're trying to get people to listen as well as to, uh, as well as to blend in and these sorts of things. 
so I have some corrals up. Several corrals uh, are on the NBA website. Uh, folk songs. I've got 40 Canadian folk songs up there that I stole out of uh, various folk song books and stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, uh, also, and then I got some 40 corrals for, or 40 folk songs from Europe and 40 folk songs from around the world. So there's stuff there from, uh, I don't know, Venezuela and China and uh, Poland and etc. cetera. Uh, I always thought uh, working with young kids, uh, especially as I did a lot of my life, that really for a band method book, all you need is a bunch of nice melodies. Yeah, you know, and and you 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 create the stuff and you and you make things, uh, and, and if you give them some melodies, then you can do a lot of stuff with those melodies than just play through them, mm-hmm. you know. Even just play through them beautifully in tune and in time, uh, you know. You could say, uh, can you play? How many different keys can you play this in? Right. Can you get together with a friend and you play the melody and your friend harmonizes it by ear and then trade, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, can you get together with two friends, one plays the tune and the other two improvise around it, Mm -hmm. you know, or let's, you've got it. Now, these are all things. uh, I I think that we're all learning and that, Mm -hmm. uh, everybody is trying to improve and, and, and get better. And, uh, uh, if you if you heard a professional orchestra uh, rehearse for the first time on a piece that was unfamiliar to them by a composer that was unfamiliar to them, mm-hmm. you'd hear learning going on too. You know, yeah. it's not it's not just not just that everybody can do everything. Um, so, although professional musicians don't need chorales, uh, they they everybody is still learning. I think. Uh, mm-hmm. So the folk song thing, I mean, you could do you could do things like that with a, a, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, those those issues. Um, I used to think uh, that um, the music does not exist for the students or rather the students. The ensemble does not exist for the music. Mm-hmm. The music exists for the ensemble. Uh, and by that, I mean that I, I, I mean, if, if you're playing uh, St. Matthew Passion, then for sure you're working for Bach. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, but, but if you're, if you're playing um, a lot of, uh, a lot of the, let's face it, most of the wind band repertoire uh, that, that we have, I think it's there uh, to, to uh, suit the students and to help the students out. And, and help the students learn. So um, one of the things I would do, and th- these are materials that are on, I call them thematic materials on the MBA website. Uh, and that is, I would frequently do this uh, with my school groups, and I frequently did it with my university groups too. I would write out, now of course you could do it on a Sibelius or Finale, but I would write out the themes often uh, of, the, of the melody and have everybody play the themes, uh, even at university level. I mean, I've uh, Hindemith Symphonic Metamorphosis. You know, I'd have, every, I'd have everybody that was written. Well, everybody plays it anyway in the turn dot movement. But, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, I would uh, even the bass clarinet, Kate. Mm-hmm. Isn't that your <laughs> instrument? 
It is, and I have definitely played that many times. <laughs> yes, yes, but I mean, I, I mean, you, you'd write that out, and then you 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 could get across your concepts of phrasing or articulation or whatever. Yeah, Everybody sure. doing it at once, because mm-hmm. that's efficient, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and so every you, you're teaching everybody, and and I think also then if you maybe have a, maybe a bass line or a harmony written in there, uh, then you you can play that and get people's ears wrapped around what's happening with the harmonies and things like that, so they can they can be performing it a little bit more with their ears, a little bit more with their heads, and a little less with their fingers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, totally. uh, we're we're trying to get people to be. To approach the the music a little from a little bit more from the inside, and I and I find sometimes that that that, that playing some of these things can help that way. Um, another thing is if you're a tuba player, uh, bass clarinet as well, uh, Kate. Uh, how many times do you get to play the melody? Yeah, I mean, I could go on and on about this for a long time because I I'm played sure, a I'm whole sure you, lot of whole notes. <laughs> I'm sure you can rant. About this, I'm sure I and, won't, and, but and, I will and, confirm that yes, yes it is a rare. But, but, but I mean, so the the thing is 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 that um, uh, I remember Arnold Jacobs talking. I never had the privilege of meeting meeting Arnold Jacobs, but I remember in an interview he's saying, uh, "Don't feel obliged to only practice the the tuba music because mm-hmm. the, the the for the tuba there's not that much going." You know, so he said, I would practice Schubert's, you know, leader and I would I would play all sorts of things that were originally written for other instruments. I would play them on my tuba to develop my musicianship as a tuba player. Uh, So why wouldn't you do the same thing if if you've got uh, if you've got, uh, I don't know, Irish tune? Wouldn't you write out the melody so that the tuba player also has a chance to, you know, to work to. To, to play that melody along with everybody else. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, uh, as a teacher, and here I'm sounding, you've got me on this Jason Kasler thing here with this, but as, <laughs> as, a, as, as an educator uh, <coughs> in, in a band room, you've got a twofold obligation. <coughs> you have the obligation of the band teacher to the group. I want I want the group to sound as good as possible. I want them to have as uh, an enriching experience as possible. Yes, but you also have the obligation of the math teacher, which is I need Johnny, and Susie and Becky, to uh, to learn mathematics and to exp- and to develop their experiences. And we have so we have a, a, an individual thing. We have to. It's not enough for the band to sound good. How are, you know, this individual students in the group, how is their de- uh, musicianship being developed? Yeah. Amen. And, and, and to that effect, then you can't let the, the tuba players' music education subsist only of the tuba parts to the band pieces they play. Mm-hmm. That's not enough. Anyway, in, in my right. view, I mean, you know, you're getting my opinions. Who else was, would you get if you're speaking oh, no. with me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll just say rhythms. I would write out rhythms for for uh, for the students, uh, even the university students, and we would mm-hmm. go through these. I mean, I had some great. I mean, great students, really nice young people, fantastic. They were all sweethearts. Well, almost all sweethearts. 
Um, <laughs> but but uh, uh, and some kids could 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 read through these rhythms no problem. But other kids were struggling with these rhythms. You know, uh, going back to my junior high high school, they were playing by osmosis. I used to call it. They were sort of kind of gradually here and gradually kind of amoeba-like kind of convert themselves into what was going on a little bit. You know, they would play by osmosis. But it's, it's necessary for everybody to be able to play all the rhythms, not just the snare drum player who has the rhythms or the flute players who have those rhythms. And I, I would dare to say that if you confronted a, a professional player Everybody's got a breaking point at some point. Somebody's going to see something that they're going to say, hold on, time out. I'm going to have to work at this and practice this a bit. I can't just uh, sight read this, this funny rhythm. And so yeah. I was trying to push the students in that yeah. regard. Uh, mm-hmm. I started to get into transcriptions. I was trying to do a little of that even when I was teaching public school. But um, uh, uh, a quick story, I was... Uh, driving along, I forget where I was going, and I uh, was uh, listening to CBC FM. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was before earlier days, CBC FM. CBC FM is still good, but it used to be better. And there was a show, uh, there was a, uh, uh, was a, 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 con, a thing going on, and I'm listening to this, and I'm thinking, this is cool, this is cool. And I'm thinking, God, this sounds like a wind ensemble piece. Have you ever had the experience where you're driving somewhere and the piece is not finished yet and you get where you're going, but you don't stop, you don't get out of the car, you keep listening? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I keep listening to this thing and they said, oh, fantastic. You've just been listening to the Edmonton Symphony Orchestra uh, performing uh, uh, John Astacio's Frenergy. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, that's cool. And uh, he said, if you want to find out more about uh, John Astacio, tune in to two new hours this Sunday evening with Larry Lake. And you can, uh, we'll be playing a bunch of John Astacio music. So I, I listened to this. I liked it. I, I contacted John, emailed John Astacio, and I said, have you ever thought about doing a wind ensemble or a transcription of Frenergy? He said, mm-hmm. no, no, I'm too busy working on my next opera. So, uh, <laughs> so I said, uh, would you mind if I had a go at it? And, uh, and I mean, this was a cold call. He didn't know me for anything, but I, I, uh, I, he said, well, you know, go ahead. I said, I would like to have veto power over the, what comes out. So I did something and and I transcribed it and sent it to John and he made some adjustments and suggestions, which I took to heart. And, Mm -hmm. uh, that was one of the, one of the fun experiences. We played that at Contando. Uh, with John Astacio in the audience, that was a hoot. Right. That was one of my very first transcriptions. Uh, but you know, since then I've done uh, a number of things, and uh, the uh, Hindemith Symphon- Symphonic Metamorphosis. Okay. Uh, I, I, I mean, it's already been done by Keith Wilson at Yale, who was one of Hindemith's mm-hmm. colleagues. Two problems right. with that, in my view. <laughs> Uh, I mean, and who am I to say? I mean, the guy was a colleague of Hindemith's. Who am I to say? But, uh, but you can only buy the last movement, the march. The other three movements are rental only. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I have Scott's background. I'm cheap. Why should I have to <laughs> rent the thing, pay to rent it if I could? So that, uh, that's the one thing. The, the other musical problem is, in my estimation, 
Keith, Keith Wilson, I'm sure, was a wonderful musician, but he was a clarinetist. And this was back in the day when there were like clarinet choirs and, 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 and bands had big clarinet sections. You know, they'd have 16 clarinet players and uh, two bass clarinets and two alto clarinets and an E-flat and this kind of thing. So in my view, uh, he is overwriting this for the clarinet section and underwriting it mm-hmm. for the saxophones and for the percussion. So in the mm-hmm. transcription I did, uh, I'm getting the, 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 uh, the saxophones a little more involved than they are in the Keith Wilson thing and the percussion a little more involved uh, than, uh, cool. than they would be. And I, I try to keep that in mind. So anyway, uh, I've done the Janicek Sinfonietta yeah. and uh, uh, also I've, I've done some modified transcriptions. This stuff is all on the MBA website. Uh, I've done uh, Alexander Nevsky, the uh, Prokofiev with the choir. Um, okay. But but what I mean by modified is that partway through the the Alexander Nevsky, the last movement, I, I started feeling that this is feeling a little uh, shouting. You know, it's a, it's just <laughs> yeah. a little it's a little too it's a little too much, and it and it and forgive me for saying it feels like it it goes on a little long. Mm-hmm. So I made a couple of cuts. <laughs> so the transcription of Alexander Nevsky has got some cuts in it. So, you know, mm-hmm. I did a transcription of Bartok Concerto for Orchestra. <laughs> wow. Which, which, is, which is really stupid, actually, you know. But, <laughs> but I, I mean, it really is like, you know, what the hell. But, but, uh, <laughs> but, but you know, you look at the second movement, the game of pairs. Yeah. And, and there's, there's a whole lot here that's just wonderful that could work. Unfortunately, Bartok never wrote for band. Yeah. Right. So if wind players are going to have a chance to yeah. play Bartok, maybe this is a way. The second movement works good. The th- the third the the third movement works quite well. I made some cuts. Un- I, sorry, the fourth movement makes uh, works quite well. I made some cuts in the first, third, and fifth movements. The fifth one, you could well imagine. I mean, my God, if you're a clarinet player, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 bad enough for the for the orchestra to play, but uh, you know, I you know, I did it. You know, maybe somebody, maybe Jason in in Arizona State would like to do that with his uh, with his students. <laughs> you know, who knows? Yeah. But anyway, so uh, yeah. So I'll those are some things ear. that are available on the NBA website. Oh, it's amazing. And and just just in case, uh, any hate mail that comes towards your views on, uh, <laughs> on Hindemith or in his arrangements, I'll send right your way. Um, oh, please do. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean <laughs> Hindemith could, could blow me out of the water. But, but you know, <laughs> I, 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 of course he could. He could blow us all out of the water as a musician. Of course he could. Mm-hmm. But I, I think one thing is that um, maybe people – think a little too reverently about music. Oh, absolutely. Let, let, let me clarify. Um, I, I used to think that unless you could hear grass grow, unless you could, <laughs> un, I mean, unless you could, you could, you could improvise like Charlie Parker and compose like Mozart that, you know, really you, you were, didn't really have a whole lot of business in music. Mm-hmm. And and you certainly didn't have a whole lot of business doing anything to do with composition. Hmm. 
But now I think I think that's that's maybe looking at it from too much of an ivory tower, looking up and 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 minimizing what you can do, and I and I mean all of us, and what our students can do, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, how many Mozarts are there? Well, there aren't any, but how many people who have some musical sensitivity and can try to do something in their own way? with composing or with improvising everybody yeah. you know so it's a yeah a really important thing to to be thinking about and uh even even in retirement you're giving us so much uh i we're definitely going to link everything that we've spoke about here <laughs> on, into our episode notes which will be available wherever you listen to the podcast also it'll be on our website if you want to check it out there um, but I, I know that's that's the first time that I became aware of you is is through through Frenergy playing it with Wesley Ferreira at Mount Allison University ah, uh, when I was an nice undergraduate guy. student. Yeah, Wes Ferreira, and very talented clarinet player. Yeah, now at Colorado State. Now. Still in Colorado. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So not too far away from where I am. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, very grateful for for you um, putting these resources on the website, and I'll also mention um, that. If you so enjoy Fraser's uh, um, resources, you can also donate um, to the Kenep. Uh, I guess is it is it a scholarship of some kind? Yeah, it, it's 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 a it's a fund towards professional development for young teachers, for young right. music educators. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. So, so please please do that if you're going to use any of those resources, even if it's if it's not as much as you think it should be. It all it all goes to a wonderful cause. So please. Um, please do that. Any amount, your call. Yes. Uh, this, I'm very, I've already mentioned you off record how excited I am to ask you this question. And it needs a lot of kind of background. Um, but as a uh, graduate student who studied in Canada uh, and as someone who's adjudicated in Canada and traveled in certain circles, there is a famous, <laughs> there's a famous adjudication tape that made made rounds and uh some people are probably laughing right now because they know what i'm talking about <laughs> but it's an adjudication tape and you probably better explaining this there's a, a you adjudicating a band that that sounds um <laughs> maybe amazing uh, they yeah, yeah they haven't got like every, <laughs> they haven't <laughs> truly they haven't gotten everything figured out and a lot of us kind of laugh about this recording uh and 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 how you kind of react to the, what you're hearing but uh, i think there's a there's a great lesson in what we've heard so i'm just going to throw it over to you if you could just give us kind of a background to what i'm talking about and and kind of what was going through your head oh boy, <laughs> when oh you were boy. listening to this uh, band. Uh, here's the punchline of the interview here. We got the, the, the payoff <laughs> joke. Uh, this was probably, as I mentioned earlier, probably close to 20 years ago. This was in Red Deer, Alberta. It was at a festival. I'm not sure if it's still going on now. Uh, but I, I was there adjudicating. This happens in May, I think. And uh, so we were there adjudicating. And I had the, the uh, I was doing the, the voiceover comments for this particular yeah. band. And I won't mention where, when, and I don't, I don't recall now, and it, it doesn't matter. But the band started playing. I do remember they were playing Northwest Suite of Jay Chataway. Three okay. movements. Uh, and uh, they started in with this, and I, 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 I'm looking, and uh, I, I remember Dale Lawness was a, as a master adjudicator, and he, he would say... Uh, 
the first thing you, you say should make it something positive. You mm-hmm. would suggest make it something positive. You know, don't start uh, going after them right from the get go. So I think I said something like, uh, uh, oh, I, I really admire your energy. You know, got lots of excitement going here because because it was a complete chaotic free for all. They were yeah. they weren't playing really anything that was written much, much at all. And they were doing it really loudly. And uh, so, uh, you know, I started off with that and it was just cacophony. It, it was like. Um, and, and partway through, they'd be doing something, and then all of a sudden, the, the percussionist would would go like that out of the blue in the in the midst of this thing, drowning out everyone else. And, and it was it was. And then partway through that, they they brought out an electric guitar, and and oh, and and and, uh, and, uh, and started uh, somebody started cranking a little bit with that. <clears throat> there wow. is no electric guitar in Jay Chattaway's Northwest Suite, okay? <laughs> uh, but this is this little school band, and so it was. Uh, I, then the next thing is after you say, "Golly, I like your enthusiasm, lots of energy here," but you know, I don't think you're really playing anything that's written, and mm-hmm. you know, you it sort of sounds like you were a bunch of people in the same room who happened to be playing rather than trying to do, and I used to do this, I can do this visually, this, I would say it sounds a little bit like this when we want it to sound <laughs> like this, you know, it's, it sounds a bit like a free for all, like everybody is trying to shout louder than the other person. And then from there, I started going into, because there's no point in, in just saying in, in an adjudication, there's no point in saying what's wrong. Probably the teacher knows that already. What you're, you're going to say is you give them some things that are right that they can build on and then say, here's some ideas on what you can do to try to make it better. You know, so I started yeah. saying, you know, why don't you listen to uh, some of the teaching music through performance in band series? I'd suggest that you get a recording of yeah. one of the pieces you're playing with, uh, you're going to play and listen to this and share it with the kids so they can have an, have an idea mm-hmm. of what they're supposed to be shooting for. You know, this is what we're after, gang. Uh, you could shoot because there's so many wonderful right. resources. And I, you know, and I went on like this, uh, uh, trying to be of some mm-hmm. help. Uh, my glasses yeah. had broken <laughs> earlier that day. For some reason, the little <laughs> screw that holds this, this, these glasses together had come out, and I had a, hadn't had a chance to put the, put them back on. And partway through, I'm talking, and there, maybe there was a particularly explosive bit that had come <laughs> up. Maybe it was when the guitar came on. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. And, and th- this guy, Mac McGranahan, who was sitting next to me, uh, you know, th- th- he'd stopped writing, you know, of course, a long time ago. He stopped writing <laughs> and, and he put my glasses on cockamamie and, and stood over and, and looked at me, stuck his head in front of me while I'm trying to talk. And with my glasses on haywired, gave me this weird look. And of course, I lost it. And that's where I had to stop the tape for a moment because I, I was laughing, which is which is in apropos on, on, a, on a tape. But anyway, that was. <laughs> That was that saga, and apparently it's gone viral. <laughs> yeah. And, well, uh, my first question is, before I, I say what I love about it, um, is because I know the word on the street is that, like, you, <laughs> the tape was destroyed. But I want to know, like, 
do you know how it got out? Like, I'm very interested. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, uh, Joyce, uh, I forget her. Joyce Howdle, that's her last name. She was the organizer. That It was a Neil Corlett and Joyce Howdle. And she, we, of course, this was the topic of conversation at the bar afterwards and et cetera, et cetera, you know, my right. goodness. And uh, she said to us, maybe she said specifically to me, she said, would you like a copy of that? I can make a CD of that for you. Because I guess she recorded the the, the stuff on. So she gave me a CD. As a matter of fact, right now I'm looking at it. I mean, I've got it over here in the corner. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So uh, and then I guess maybe other CDs got made from that. I know my my friend Robert Ambrose in Georgia got access to that. He's he busted gut over that. Many, many other people probably (laughs) did, too. So it's Mm -hmm. oh, okay. No. Wow. There's so many there's so many historical answers being made here this is amazing this is amazing but i what what i what i want to say is i think if um when i when i because i heard it when i was just a a master's student at um i'm just i'll just i'll just i'll throw under the bus at the university of toronto and uh, and it was on it was in a class while talking about adjudicating and you know we all listened to it in class and we all had a good laugh and it's all very funny i think when you first kind of hear it um and I hope he doesn't mind me. I'll ask him. Jillian never um, asked we, me for permission. <laughs> oh, just wait. I'm about to throw. I'm going to throw Castler under the bus too. Because this year we, <laughs> this year we listened to it um, in our one of our seminars. Yeah. Once again on it on adjudicating, and um, listening to it now after being an adjudicator is much different. Um, what I hear is. A band that, like you already mentioned, we don't know what was going on that day. We, you know, where what their backgrounds were and all that. But you were just a, an example of patience, an example of love and support as an adjudicator, and just like taking the ensemble from where it is. And there's, I think, there's very few people who would have heard what you heard and and kind of reacted and and taught yeah. in such a masterful way to such a young band. Um, and I. <laughs> So it's really, it was, it's really, uh, I'm so grateful. A further clarification. <laughs> because it is funny. A further clarification, because Mac McGranahan, yeah. the guy with the, showed me the funny glasses, was the guy who went in to do the workshop with them. Okay. okay? And he, he told me, he said, he had a, a, a score, a copy of the mm-hmm. score, but this, the, the centered page, chunk of pages was missing out of it. it the, the staples had come loose or whatever, and he was l- l- missing. The, and he had, shh, it was a photocopy, okay? He had a photocopy of the score that yeah. he was looking at. So he brought his part into the to the workshop and, and mm-hmm. mentioned, oh, you know, uh, <clears throat> could I uh, uh, borrow your copy of the score because mine is missing, missing the middle two pages. So she gave him mm-hmm. her score, and it was, of course, it was missing the same two pages out of the middle of the, out of the middle of the thing. She, I, I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm guessing, wow. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm guessing that, that this was probably someone, uh, the, the, they were in a fix. The regular music teacher had left at the, at the beginning of September. They couldn't get somebody else. Yeah. Somebody said, well, uh, I, I sang for a little bit at one point or, uh, you know, I, I can sing happy birthday to you. And, and the principal probably said, you're in, you know, go for it. Something like that. I, I was, I'm not blaming anybody. You know, it was just. Right. It was, they showed it up. Was, they did something. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was a yeah. it was a catastrophe, but maybe they can learn from it. You know. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for sharing sharing <laughs> yeah. uh, that side of the story. It's it's mm-hmm. it's fascinating. I find it so fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. No, that was a moment. Well, just thank you so much for for sharing everything that you've shared with us so far. It's so great to hear about all of your experiences and have a couple good laughs as well. And so before we get to our last question of the interview, uh, I'll just remind our listeners that the three of us are going to go on to record a fun bonus episode for our Patreon community. And if you want to listen to that bonus episode and many more, you can check it out at patreon.com slash bandroompod. Um, but before we get to that, Fraser, we have one more question. And that's just if you could give one piece of advice to educators, composers, musicians in general, what would it be? <laughs> Uh, be a professional thief. <laughs> uh, I have been a professional thief. By that I mean, uh, as you could probably guess, that I've tried to steal ideas from people that I admired and I thought well of and, and, and cull thoughts and, and, and things from, from various people and try to implement them myself and uh, try to keep on learning, keep growing, and... Uh, Sooner or later, what started off as uh, as somebody else's idea, as soon as you start doing it, very shortly it starts to become your idea, and then mm-hmm. uh, then other people steal from you. So <laughs> I would I would uh, I would be a professional thief in my professional career. <laughs> That's a funny way to Beautiful. put it, but yeah, I mean you don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? There's so much out there, so many resources, so many other people that have come before us doing awesome things, and we can each kind of take bits and pieces of that and turn that into um, our own practice. So yeah, that's keep on learning, learning. Yeah. Learn from everybody you can. Yeah. And I hope, I truly hope that there are many professional thieves listening to this episode who can take from you, Fraser. So thank you so much for um, coming on the podcast. It's been, uh, I've just looked, I've looked up to you for so long and and just to be able to pick your brain uh, for an hour and a bit has been just an immense treat. Um, (laughs) Thank you for everything that you've uh, said, not only that, but the resources that are going to be available to Mm -hmm. everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to speak with us today. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks so much for spending time with us in the band room. If you want to learn more about anything we discussed in today's episode, check out the links found on our website, bandroompod.com. If you liked what you heard, make sure to subscribe to the Bandroom Podcast. Give us a rating and a review and tell all your friends about how much you enjoyed it. If you really love the show, maybe you should consider becoming part of our Patreon community where you can support BRP and get some extra incentives in return. Or you can buy some sweet, sweet BRP merch, helping to offset podcast hosting costs and investments into new equipment so that we can continue to bring you great content and great people. Follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube to keep up with what's on the go. If you have any thoughts on today's episode, leave us a comment on our website, bandroompod.com, where your comment might be featured on a future episode of BRP. 
Our theme music is Skyline, composed by EKR Hamill and performed by Dr. Gillian McKay and the University of Toronto Wind Ensemble. Stay safe and be well, bandies. Thanks again for stopping by the band room.